it was a mental and emotional, honestly, in the midst of it, you know, it brings me to tears just thinking about it. It's kind of make me a little choked up because it wasn't an emotional shift of like, wow, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, I am to give grace. And I haven't done that for my dad. Of all people, I've never done that for my dad. And uh, so it's kind of a convicting moment, um, an emotional moment. But then also it was more of a mentally walking through of these are the things he did to me. But what was his true intentions? And I even do dumb stuff here and there, right? Like you do dumb stuff. You're like, oh, that was what my intention was. But that's not how it turned out, right? And so I'm like, okay, well, if I can do those things (laughs) and I have the best of intentions and how can my dad not be in the same boat, right? So it was a mental shift for me. And even like right now, I couldn't tell you the last time my dad called me. And I still have to go to a place of like, you know what? That's just how it's going to be. And I have to give him grace and be accepting when it happens and uh, not holding animosity towards him when it doesn't and just be okay with it. Yeah. So hard. It really is hard. And I'm sorry for that. I was told at one point to give away what you have had missing in your own life. And that's what I hear you say that you have Mm -hmm. chosen to do. You give away words of affirmation. You give away whatever it is you're not getting from your own dad and moms. We talk often about the importance of perspective. And so it sounds like you had a shift in your perspective I want to hear about how you came to know the Lord, but it was kind of the Lord to really give you that challenge, give your dad grace, because it sounds like it kept you from years of nurturing bitterness and unforgiveness. And so I want to hear about all of that. Yeah, it definitely freed me up. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon, and I am so excited to introduce you today to Chad Wallen with Advanced Camps. He and his wife have a beautiful story. They have three of their own children, girls, and then they have brought in 14 foster children over time. So right now they have a two-year-old foster boy. And just a few days ago, they brought in a newborn baby. And so I know moms, you out there who are fostering, and maybe that's your connection to raising a fatherless child. I feel sure that you're going to enjoy hearing Chad's story today, but more than that, his passion for fatherless kids. He's the founder and director of Advanced Camps, and he leads his family in loving and serving those that God brings across their path because he's really passionate about changing the trajectory of the lives for fatherless young men. Chad, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. I love that God is constantly connecting people, allowing us to cross paths. And so I just recently was introduced to you, Chad, and I love what you're doing. We'll let you talk about advanced camps towards the end. But I want to hear your story of being fatherless, because I know it's a little bit different from what most would think as a fatherless young man and how that grew into the passion that you 
carry in your heart to make a difference in the lives of fatherless boys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, my my story really uh, circles around what I classify as a disengaged father. Uh, my parents, uh, just to kind of give a short foundation to this, my parents are still married 50 years. They just had their anniversary just a few months ago. So they've they've been together. But with that being said, my dad came out of a generation that had that mindset of my job is to provide, period. And so what it occurred growing up is uh, my mom was my point of contact was the parents during the week. My dad worked at a lumber mill. And so he was gone from about three o'clock in the afternoon. We'd get home one, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. So he'd be asleep when we got up to get ready for school. So my mom got us ready for school out to the bus and we got off the bus. My mom was there to meet us at the bus and then did dinner with us. And my dad's gone. And so uh, during the week, he was gone. This was seasonal. Uh, I say seasonal as a season of our life. Um, he, he changed shifts all the time. So that was pretty common. And then what normally happened was if it was hunting or fishing season, he was gone on the weekends as well. So he was around to you know cheer us on for sports when it wasn't hunting and fishing season, when there wasn't other stuff going on. With all that being said, he did teach me some stuff. You know, He took our family camping during the summers, but during the school year, my mom really played the parental role in our just our weekly process, life, parenting thing. So we never got parental direction from both parents at once. Every once in a while, my mom would pull a line of wait until your dad gets home. But um, for the most part, my mom did all the consequences. She did all the cheerleading. She did all the help with homework. And honestly, she also did all the going to church. And so we only went to church with my mom. My dad never went to church with us, even though it was the weekend. Um, she was my spiritual leader in my household as well. Because of all that growing up, it's distorted my thought of what does a spiritual leader of the household look like? What's our role as men? What's my role as a husband? What's my role as a dad? And so those have all been skewed just because of the lack of engagement that I experienced growing up. You know, one thing that I get to share with the young men that we mentor is I actually didn't hear from my dad until I was 19 years old that he loved me. And it was so impactful that I remember exactly where I was, what time of day it was, what the weather was, you know, not quite what I was wearing, but I remember it you know, shirt and t-shirts and I was standing outside on a porch. And so like, that's all still burning my head. Um, and then I can also remember the first time he ever told me he was proud of me. Um, and that wasn't until I was 39 years old. So um, such impactful things um, that I really missed out on in life that would have potentially changed my trajectory, but personally feel blessed that that's not how it happened. It didn't happen earlier in life because who knows if I would be doing advanced camp right now if I didn't walk through that journey. Well, I'm so sorry for the pain that you've experienced in that and not hearing those words till you were 19. My guess is that it may be more common, um, especially for your generation, my generation, because it was almost like I told you I loved you when you were born and that hasn't changed. Also, just the impact that their prior generation, their parents had, you know, they were hardworking men. They didn't know how to express their feelings, their emotion, their love. And so it can be easily perceived. I'm not saying that's how you're perceiving it. I'm kind of sharing a little bit of my own experience. Even though my father was providing for me, I didn't lack. 
He was married to my mom for 61 years. He was a faithful man of integrity. And yet what you've described was also missing in my life. So moms, tune in. I know you're leaning in a little bit. If this is the marriage that you're experiencing and this is what you are watching for your children, because I feel sure Chad's going to be able to give some insight and maybe some encouragement for how you raise children who have a disengaged or disinterested father. So Chad, you felt that growing up, but maybe it wasn't till later years that you began to really grieve that he wasn't involved. What did that look like? Um, I actually remember in high school, my psychology teacher telling me that his dad never told him growing up that he loved him. Mm -hmm. And when he decided to adopt his son, he was given two choices. And so I immediately implemented this into my life. I can follow the path that my dad set for me, mm-hmm. or I can go the other way. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem is, is if we continually focus on what my dad didn't do, I'm not going to do that. My dad didn't do this. I'm not going to do that. It's kind of like the whole scenario of don't think about a pink elephant. Well, mm-hmm. guess what everybody just did? They thought about the pink elephant. So I changed my thought to, I'm going to share with my girls or my kids that I love them. I am mm-hmm. going to tell them often that I'm proud of them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to build up their confidence every time I have the opportunity. I'm going to affirm their behaviors every time I have the opportunity. Instead of saying, well, my dad didn't love me and he never told me he loved me. So I'm not going to do that anymore because then it sets you in that mindset, right? And so that's really uh, what I've done with that. That's how I've coped with that is said, okay, this hurt me. How can I stop that generational curse? How can I stop that, Mm -hmm. um, that brokenness in my life? And watch it change other people's lives. So I almost felt like I went through my healing and my hurt by speaking that into other people's lives. And it really got rid of a lot of that. The other piece of it was, is I was actually at a men's conference in Orlando. And I actually came out of the breakout and I was outside. They had you answer some questions, do some journaling. And I was sitting there one time and I, it might as well been audible, but the Lord said, you need to give your dad grace. And um, I'm like thinking, when, when have I not like, oh, wait, I, I've never given him grace. Like I've never given my dad the opportunity to make a mistake mm-hmm. and not step up and love me the way I needed to be loved or to be there as a cheerleader when I needed somebody at my soccer game to hear a dad's voice yelling mm-hmm. at me from the sideline that I'm doing a good job. And so knowing what his intentions were, I had to step in as soon as I said, you know what? I'm giving my dad grace. It was the craziest thing. It almost felt like weight, like physical weight was lifted off my shoulder. um, I've been able to step into that moment of giving my dad grace that I'd never allowed myself to do. So it's a couple of big healing points for me. Very powerful. And what did that look like to give your dad grace? Was it just a mental or an emotional decision? Or did you have to practically walk that out? It was a mental and emotional, honestly, in the midst of it, you know, it brings me to tears just thinking about it. It's kind of make me a little choked up because it wasn't an emotional shift of like, wow, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, I am to give grace. And I haven't done that for my dad. Of all people, I've never done that for my dad. And uh, so it was kind of a convicting moment, um, an emotional moment. But then also it was more of a mentally walking through of these are the things he did to me. But what was his true intentions? And I even do 
dumb stuff here and there, right? Like you do dumb stuff here, like, oh, that was what my intention was, but that's not how it turned out, right? And so I'm like, okay, well, if I can do those things <laughs> and I have the best of intentions, and how can my dad not be in the same boat, right? So it was a mental shift for me. And even like right now, I couldn't tell you the last time my dad called me. And I still have to go to a place of like, you know what? That's just how it's going to be. And I have to give him grace and be accepting when it happens and uh, not holding animosity towards him when it doesn't and just be okay with it. Yeah. So hard. It really is hard. And I'm sorry for that. I was told at one point to give away what you have had missing in your own life. And that's what I hear you say that you have chosen to do. You give away words of affirmation. You give away whatever it is you're not getting from your own dad and moms. We talk often about the importance of perspective. And so it sounds like you had a shift in your perspective. I want to hear about how you came to know the Lord, but it was kind of the Lord to really give you that challenge, give your dad grace, because it sounds like it kept you from years of nurturing bitterness and unforgiveness. And so I want to hear about all of that. Yeah, it definitely freed me up. That was like the biggest thing is it was freeing at that point because you're you're holding so tight to the brokenness and the animosity and the frustration. And I wouldn't say I ever hated my dad, but you you get like anger and bitterness. Like, why would you pay more attention to my brother? Or, mm. you know, why would you find hunting more important than time with your son? And so you create this like animosity and, and so to let all that go super freeing. I'm actually in the midst of writing a book. And I just wrote the other day that it takes way less energy to love somebody than it does to hate them. Wow! Like it legitimately takes so much less energy to, to love them like Christ loved us than to put intentional effort into hating. Like what they say, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Right. And so for me, it just became less work in my life. Um, it was just freeing and more light versus having to carry around a heavier burden. Well, that's a great encouragement for all of us. And it sounds like God's really been helping you and the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit's been working in you and through you. And you'll never know the impact that it is making on your dad. It may not be significant like you would love to see a turnaround, but you're doing the right thing for yourself. Mm -hmm. And like you said, as as a Christian, you know, you are modeling for your dad what you really wish he had modeled for you in life. So how did you come to know the Lord and what did it look like for you to shift your focus to God as your father? Yeah, so I actually came to the Lord. I think it was a Young Life event in, I want to say my freshman year of high school. Mm. It was interesting. I was raised Catholic and went to a Young Life event and found out about having a relationship with Jesus. And that was, that was kind of eye-opening. And when I decided to follow Jesus, accepted him as my Lord and Savior, a, a lot of mental shift happened. And I know this sounds so funny and so cliche, but that was when WWJD was a big thing. I mean, that was a, that was a mid nineties. And okay. What, what uh, is that? Because some of these moms listening are <laughs> like WWJD. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So uh, WWJD means what would Jesus do? And so it was the craziest thing. My mind shifted at that point of filtering things through that perspective of, okay, if I'm going to become a follower of Jesus 
and I'm supposed to be stepping in his footsteps and replicating him on earth, then I need to filter things through the place of what would Jesus do in this situation? And so I took the cliche wristband and literally applied it to the behaviors in my life. And Mm -hmm. so um, I went through this really short season and I say really short, I, I don't remember it being more than a few months of, man, I'm saved. I can go do whatever I want. And then I can come back and ask for forgiveness. And that's what it says. So that's what I'm going to do. And I remember going through that season and being like, that, that's, a, that's a broken system. Like that's, that's not what we're meant to be doing. And so I remember reading the scripture of getting to heaven and having God look at me and say, good and faithful servant. And I was like, man, that's the pat on the back that I want. Like that's ultimate goal, right? It's my heavenly father to look at me and be like, I'm proud of you. Like I was seeking that, that proud moment. Right. And so when I, when I went through that season, that's when everything shifted and I started looking at, okay, if God was so proud of Jesus and we're supposed to replicate Jesus, that's how I can constantly be making sure I'm, I'm pleasing my heavenly fathers too make sure I'm living in a way. And it's not to check off boxes of servanthood. Servanthood comes from the, you know, out of faith. Mm-hmm. You don't get saved through the activities. But once you, right. like I started having a craving to, okay, what can I do to do better mm-hmm. for the Lord? What can I do better to share about um, Jesus? What can I do better to please my father? And mm-hmm. so that's kind of where everything shifted um, in my life. And it, it, everything literally got filtered through that filter of, okay, well, if I'm working and I see something bad happen, what would Jesus do in this situation? The speed limit is 55. And I mean, is Jesus fun? Do you think he'd like, he'd do 10% over like it's 60 cool. And so it'd be like, literally everything would be filtered through what would Jesus do in this situation? And I still do that. Okay. Well, the Lord calls us to be fathers to the fatherless. Like it's not a gray area for me. It is a black and white area. This is what he has called me to do. How does that look for each person? I can look totally different. Um, but for me and my wife, it's being father to the fatherless and fostering and being father to the fatherless in advanced camp. And so it sh- totally changes just a mindset trajectory for me. Unbelievable. I mean, moms, I hope you'll get your boys. And if they're not in the room with you now, I hope you'll bring them back in to listen to this because the enemy really does want us to hold on to a grudge or hold on to maybe we have a right to something and we hold on to it. And what I hear Chad saying so clearly, it's just not worth it. You know, it just release that, give up that right, give up whatever that loss is. And, and just, first of all, give your life to the Lord and trust him. He is sovereign over your circumstances as hard as they may be. And he has a plan for you. It's beyond what you're experiencing right now. It can be so much greater than just growing up without a dad. And what I hear you saying, Chad, is that you have truly just surrendered your life to the Lord. And he's using the suffering that you've gone through and the absence of a dad who is literally was in your home and is still here in this world. But it's taking you to really a higher calling. And so I have so much respect for what you're doing. I would love to hear about advanced camps. What is that? Yeah, so we are a, I call us a local ministry because we go into local environments, local communities, and we mentor fatherless young men between sixth and 12th grade. And they have to be at least sixth grade to start and they graduate high school, they graduate out of advanced camp. But we teach them tangible trade and life skills 
anything we feel like a dad should have if he was still around um, and still speaking into his life and still walking beside him, along with the love of Christ. And so we do a Bible study during our day. We teach a trade or a life skill. And I say trade or life skill because our main focus is on trade, setting these guys up for career paths, hobbies, whatever that looks like. But then we also do fun stuff. You know, we take them fishing and we just did leather working down, I say down, um, in, I guess it was technically down in Florida mm-hmm. um, for our Florida camp. So we do all kinds of different stuff. We do RC cars. You know, that was something I didn't get to do RC cars, leather working, blacksmithing. Those are all things I wanted to learn growing up. And my dad never took the time to teach me these things. And I said, well, if I haven't been taught that and I had a dad living in the home, what about the guys that they've never even had that opportunity? And so we've implemented things as we've gone along of what can we teach these young men that we feel like it would have been a really cool thing for a dad to sit next to a son and and learn this this topic. And so um, that's that's what we do. Um, We're in four states. We're looking actually at two more right now. So we'd love prayer over that. But we're in Oregon, Tennessee, Florida, and Texas. So Texas is technically our national headquarters is what I call it because that's where I live and that's where we run everything out of. All right. So moms, if you're living in any of those states, I would highly recommend that you connect with advanced camps. It's incredible the mission that you have and the the life skills, and also I imagine that these boys get to connect with other boys who are mm-hmm. somewhat like them, and there's just something about that, you know, and then I feel confident you're sharing the gospel and teaching them to look to God as fathers, so thank you for what you're doing. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe one day we'll have advanced camps here in Georgia. That would be amazing if God ever opened that door. Yeah, yeah, we're the, the way I look at it is um, I'll go wherever the Lord tells me to go, regardless where it's at. We're, we're looking at uh, North Las Vegas at this point, and we're looking at um, Hilo, Hawaii. Those are not uh, set in stone. Um, it's stuff that have been presented to me. And then we're praying over just to, hey, where's the need great? And both those places, the need is great. There's also a lot of places I don't even know about yet. So uh, if the Lord says you are going to Fargo, North Dakota, we're going to Fargo, North Dakota. So wherever we are led is where, where we go. Isn't that the best way to live our lives? Just Absolutely. completely surrender to the Lord, that old hymn, wherever he leads, mm-hmm. I'll go. And that's what you're doing. That's how we got connected. And so thank you for what you're doing. I would love to know how you would encourage a mom who there is a dad somewhere and he's just not involved and he's mm-hmm. not intentional. He doesn't really know how to be a dad and so he's not being a father how would you encourage those moms and then what would you say to those those boys who are hurting because of that loss so i'd say a couple things for encouraging those moms for one there's a lot of father-son ministries around um, because i do get this call every once in a while that mom's like we got a dad in the home but um he's just not he's not engaging with him he doesn't know how to communicate And so there is a lot of father-son ministries around. And I I think, and not think, I know, like I I experienced this personally, you don't do things that you're not comfortable doing. And Mm -hmm. so there's things that I don't do with my kids that I'm not comfortable being the leader in those things. I'm not confident in it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you don't do it. You don't step out and do it because you're like, oh, I may or may not be successful at it. So then these dads don't do that. They're like, if they don't think they're going to be a good dad or be a good influence or be a good role model or be fun to be around, they will literally avoid it. And so it's not the fact they don't want to. Even the most confident men, typically it's a, 
It's a mask for reality. They're not confident and they just feel like they're just not enough. And so um, if they're given the opportunity to succeed, um, you'll start seeing them pull that mask off and start stepping into dad role. I mean, I tell you what, I feel like I can conquer the world when my wife comes to me and says, man, you're an amazing dad and you're an amazing husband and you're an amazing mentor. I'm like, man, eh, I don't see that myself. She goes, but I do. I physically see it happening. I know you are. And all of a sudden I'm like, shirt comes open and got the Superman cape on and you're like, I can do anything because you got that confidence built up. So that's one thing is a lot of times these men just need some confidence. They need an, uh, an opportunity. So if somebody wants to connect with me after this and I can help them find a father son ministry to connect with, I would love to do that. I think men really do struggle with fear of failure. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't have that affirmation from a dad, it's just the open door that Satan takes to come in and just to say, well, so you are a failure. Your dad never affirmed you. And so I think men especially live under that fear that they're going to fail. So they'd rather not try. They'd rather not attempt it. And then moms, I think you have to be so careful. I think it's Proverbs where I really believe the women, you know, her husband is known in the gates. And I think that we play a big part in the reputation of our husbands mm -hmm. by the words of our mouth. And so whether you're undermining things in the home, it says we tear down our homes with our own strength. But we have to be careful that we are affirming our husbands if you have a husband and that you are speaking carefully about him to others because that's his reputation and then for our boys the same thing they're going to grow into being a husband and a father one day and so we have the opportunity to speak into their lives you are going to be an amazing dad wow look at what you just did whatever you can affirm in your child i did a podcast episode on power of words word gifts we'll link in the show notes because those boys growing up without a dad, no matter how, death, divorce, or desertion, they don't know if they're going to be able to do it. They don't know if they're going to be able to become a man without a man investing in their lives. And so I think as moms, we have a responsibility. And according to the Bible, we really need to take that role seriously. So I like what you're saying there. The other question was, what would you say to these boys who don't have an active dad cheering them on modeling life being the spiritual leader yeah that's another thing is when your dad wasn't the spiritual leader and this is a common complaint of wives i have to be the spiritual leader of the home my husband so maybe speak to that as well because that's a very important subject yeah uh first thing i'd say to the the young men to the boys that are you know in that environment of either no ax father no father at all that for one, um, that's not the end of the story, that there is many identities that God gives us that are extremely encouraging. And so that that's first and foremost. But secondly, like a tangible thing to go do is find a mentor, find a good godly mentor, whether that's church leadership, whether that's a friend's dad, whether that's maybe just just an older guy that you go to church with. You know, if you're if you're a young man that's uh, middle school, man, find a, a junior or senior in high school that that can mentor you. Right. I mean, to be honest, most of those guys, if you say, "Man, I like I'm I'm struggling these pieces in life," can you can you help show me the way? If they are a good believer, if they're a good Christian, 
a healthy one. I shouldn't say good, but are they a healthy one? Man, that would be a purpose for their life, right? Is to be a mentor, a role model, a helper um, for their brothers. Um, that's, I think that's part of our model, you know, is to make sure you're a helper. But I know there's a lot of other uh, ministries out there that do a very similar thing as us that are actually way bigger than us. So try to get connected in with those as well. Uh, one that comes pops into mind is Trail Life, and they are a Christian-based organization like Boy Scouts, but not Boy Scouts. They're, they're their own organization, but just a comparison in your head. Man, find those out. There, there's some good dudes out there that want to be able to speak into your life, want to share uh, with you struggles of manhood, what does that look like, and then how to grow into a good godly man. So that would be that'd be some of my insight for those young men. Man, you guys just don't call it the end of your story. Call it the beginning of your end. Use this as an opportunity to better yourself and better people around you. Such good wisdom. Wow. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for sharing your story today. Our time is up, but I feel sure, moms, that you've been encouraged. You've been challenged. And young boys, if you're listening, young men, if you're listening, take his encouragement to heart. Uh, this isn't the end of your story. God is always at work and he will be at work until the day that he returns. And so I can't wait to hear how God works in your own personal life. So, Chad, do you mind taking a few minutes to pray for these moms and these boys as we close? Yeah, absolutely. And Father God, we just come to you today to um, just lift up these moms. Lord, I just pray that they are encouraged through this message. They're encouraged through all of Lori's messages, Lord, that they know that uh, their struggles that are going to come about, but you're there to walk with them through those. I pray that uh, some of the stuff that's been shared through Lori's podcast, they uh, speak in, into these moms' lives help them become stronger and better and more resilient, just a, a better all-around uh, mom, Lord, that they become more equipped. Um, and Father, for these young men, oh man, you know my heart breaks for these guys so much that um, I just pray that your love just completely overflows over them to let them know that they're loved by a Heavenly Father, that they are valued, that they are important, that they are amazing young men that have a purpose and a direction in life. Um, Lord, that they are capable of so many things that they don't even know they're capable of yet. So I just pray that over these next few days that you just speak into their lives, whether it's through people around them, through their moms, teachers, random strangers walking up to them and just speaking over their life, uh, but that also that their ears are open to hear those words. I know that uh, there's times that we go through life that we're getting affirmations, we're getting life spoken over us, and we don't hear it. So I just pray that these young men are hearing that. Just pray that you protect the moms and, and these young men in their life, Lord, that they're just cared for because they're your daughters and your sons. I just pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. If you haven't already, moms, you definitely want to get your ticket for mom and man that is a special day of empowering moms to raise boys without a dad and to encourage these young men in the journey chad wallen and his team will be there there will be adventure there's going to be activities inspiration for moms breakout sessions dinner and i feel sure that you 
Do not want to miss this opportunity. It's a great shot in the arm of mentoring for your boys and just allowing moms to be able to come together to experience understanding and to meet other moms who are entrusted with this same responsibility. You can get your tickets with the link that we will include in the show notes. It is Sunday, October 8th at Glisten Camp in Dahlonega. I hope to see you there. Moms, take time to share this with others. Please give us a review. It really helps to get the word out there. Check out the resources in the show notes. We will link to advanced camps. We'll link to things that are related to what we've talked about today that would be helpful for you. And just know the possibilities of what God has in store for you are exciting. They're endless. And he's going to use what Satan meant for evil. He's going to use it for good in your life, mom, and in the lives of your sons. Until next time, have a good day and please put your trust in God.